This meeting is being recorded. Hi, welcome to the Wise Divine Woman podcast. And today I have Dr. Kathleen Brown. She's a board certified OBG and she is from uh, native of Philadelphia. She has uh, had numerous years practicing not only with um, training in medical in the medical center in Hawaii, but also uh, active duty as well. And she has created uh, a lifetime and a passion for helping with women's health education. And she has created Winona. Why don't you tell us a little bit and t- welcome to the show, Dr. Kat. Thank you so much for having me, Dana. It's, it's great to be here. So um, I, I didn't personally create Winona, but I was invited by the chief medical officer who created the, the site. And, and we really realized, you know, in the time of COVID especially, we realized what um, access issues there were for women's health and for women to get help. Um, but also just in my career, I've realized, and especially getting into this transition time and perimenopause myself, how much focus or lack of focus is really put into women's health in this part of our lives, you know, and, and it's something that um, has not been the forefront of attention. I mean, we, we all see all these pharmaceutical ads and focus on men's health and erectile dysfunction, but really no focus on women. Um, and it's, it's becoming a forefront of the conversation. You know, now that in the past year we saw a commercial during even the United States Super Bowl, you know, there was a hot flash commercial. Um, it's it's becoming more and more part of the conversation everywhere because women are realizing like we deserve better mm-hmm. and we're starting to demand better. Um, so Winona became a site for women to seek out hormone replacement therapy, especially bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, especially for women who don't have access to a doctor who feels comfortable, has the training or the expertise, or maybe isn't willing to prescribe because there's such a, there's such fear mongering when it comes to hormone replacement. Um, and we're still, we're still battling the, the after effects of the women's health initiative study that was done years and years ago. Too many years <laughs> ago, way too many years ago. And yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I even remember back in my training, um, you know, it was, I was in residency after the WHI came out. And I remember hearing from my attending physicians who were teaching me, oh, you're going to memorize these hormone things for your test, but you're never going to need this because we're not prescribing this anymore. You're not going to need to know this because we don't do it anymore. Women just have to suck it up. And I remember thinking, well, that sounds awful, you know, awful. <laughs> awful. And so, you know, we had this relative comfort level with birth control because we had prescribed that a lot, but comparatively birth control pills are far more dangerous than bioidentical hormone replacement is. Um, But that's what we were taught to use. And then I would have patient after patient coming to me in the office, just not satisfied, not doing well, like Mm -hmm. having to take multiple different medications to manage the the onslaught and the the myriad of symptoms that they were experiencing. Um, And when it comes down to it, if you find the right formula and the right dosage for a patient of of hormone replacement, it really takes care of a lot of these symptoms together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's it's really about providing comprehensive healthcare to women when they most need it, you know? Right, exactly. When is it, do you find that... that Again, it's always us backpedaling with things, but um, when is the signs and symptoms that you maybe you should consider bioidentical therapy? Like what are some big keys? 
Well, I think the far most common symptoms I hear in the beginning of this phase is a lot of women will complain of not being able to sleep well anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, insomnia is one of the things that first will kind of sneak in. Um, Then all of a sudden we start to develop brain fog, you know, difficulty focusing and attention. And so we have this, um, you know, onslaught of women in their 40s and 50s suddenly getting diagnosed with ADHD where they didn't have it their entire life. It's actually not ADHD. You know, it's it's the brain fog of perimenopause and menopause. It's just that estrogen has so many beneficial effects throughout our body and Mm -hmm. every tissue of our body. And so when, when that estrogen level starts to decrease, we start to see all these symptoms start to come to the forefront. So the brain fog, insomnia. Another thing I'll see early on is women will come in complaining of a lack of vaginal lubrication, you know, they'll, they'll notice vaginal dryness. And, you know, when they used to get aroused in the past, they used to get wet and then suddenly they're not using, not feeling that anymore. And they're having to use lubrication more. Um, and that's a red flag right there that they don't have enough estrogen in their system, you know, that mm-hmm. their body can't respond in the normal way that it did previously. Right. And then afterward, we start to see you know, weight gain, especially in the midsection, our cortisol levels and stress hormone levels increase. Then we'll start to have women um, experience hot flashes and night sweats. But sometimes by the time you get the hot flashes and night sweats, you've already been experiencing symptoms for a few years before they even start, I think. Mm -hmm. But every Mm -hmm. woman's experience is unique. Like every one of us is different. And and our experience of this is different. 100% of women will go through this but not a hundred percent of women will need the same treatment or even need treatment at all. Every woman is so unique. So. Absolutely. Kat. Absolutely. It is a very unique aspect. And I always ask them, what was your period like? What was your menses like through your entire life? And Mm -hmm. as I remind a lot of young women that are with my um, daughters, I'm like, okay, so take care of your period health now because it's going to be the forefront to what's to come in menopause. And uh, they never like when I say that to them because a lot of them are suffering from heavy flow, PCOS, fibroids, Mm -hmm. cystic activity. And I can't imagine what that's going to be like for menopause for them if they don't control that now. But well, yeah, absolutely. Now, I suppose. So tell me, how do you prescribe? progesterone just as much as estrogen or you're focusing does your practice focus more on of course it's always a balance because there's the testosterone and what are the different um aspects that you prescribe well so primarily the hormone that we need most is estrogen but for women that still have their uterus it's very important to prescribe progesterone along with that estrogen because although estrogen has positive effects throughout the body the one negative effect it can have in the uterus is that it can cause that uterine lining to overgrow. So, I mean, one of the most important things I think for any woman to to start to do is to gain knowledge and to to learn more about what's happening with the hormones in their body, especially during their menstrual cycle and Mm -hmm. during the course of because what happens is estrogen is increasing during the month and that lining is fluffing up and getting ready for a pregnancy. And then when we don't get a fertilized egg, then the progesterone surges and all of a sudden we shed everything and we have a menses. So that normal hormonal change doesn't keep happening when the normal hormone signals start changing in, in the menopause time frame. As we lose our eggs and as we age, those estrogen levels decrease. And so we, we can't give estrogen back alone because we need to give the progesterone to balance that. Right. But then it's important to consider the testosterone aspect too, because although we are women, we still have testosterone in our system. 
And it's very important for our muscle health and also our libido and our metabolism. Um, so that's something that we, we consider as well. Although you have to be careful because there's a, there's a very narrow window of therapeutic um, benefit from giving a woman testosterone and mm -hmm. it's very easy to get too much and then cause some side effects. So, um, Generally, testosterone, if we give too much, can cause some masculinizing side effects, which none of us want as women, unless no. you're wanting to transition or wanting to be non-binary. Right, but, um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So um, so it's, it's one of those things that we have to fine tune when we give testosterone. So we're a telemedicine company. And because of that, um, because we're, we're doing online care and we don't have the patient physically in front of us to examine, we don't prescribe testosterone directly through our website, but we do um, a precursor hormone. We actually prescribe um, DHEA, mm -hmm. which is dehydroepiandosterone. So that gets broken down by the body. And when it's metabolized by your body, it gets broken down into estrogen and testosterone. So it's a, a gentle way to increase your testosterone level safely without mm -hmm. the risk of giving you too much. Because um, right. testosterone technically is a, a is a controlled substance because it's used heavily by the the weightlifting community and the bodybuilding community as a performance enhancing drug too. So it, it can be abused um, by the wrong yeah. people. So we want to yeah. make sure that we're careful with it. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. do you prescribe to men as well, or do you have just women on? We're dedicated to women's health. So that's Beautiful. there's some other sites out there online that that do men's care. I think that mm -hmm. um you could find certainly some of those out there. And there's more and more telemedicine startups out there, but um, but we really have decided to focus on women. Um right. because this is really something that needs our attention. It is. And and of course everyone's trying to catch up in this focus on menopause for women but it, it it's something that we just need to keep educating and need to keep repeating and helping women along this journey in this beautiful transition the the question always comes up with estrogen and breast health how do you yes. always approach that when that's a when that's questioned by your clients yeah but i think that um you know when it comes to breast health and breast cancer, and especially for men and, and prostate health, you know, it's, it's one of those things that we all as women have a, a baseline level of risk. Um, and so when we're prescribing hormone therapy, we, we take that into account. But even women that have maybe a strong family history of, of breast health issues or um, breast masses or breast cancer can still take hormone replacement therapy, especially if we do it safely with the right dosages for that patient. Um, it doesn't mean that a woman may not experience issues, but I think that as long as she's aware of her body and takes care of her body, keeps up her regular surveillance, mm -hmm. you know, being aware of your breast tissue, feeling what your breasts feel like normally. Yeah. And, you know, I've had friends, even, even OBGYN colleagues of mine, who's whose partners and themselves have found masses on them um, just because they're in tune with what the tissue is supposed to feel like normally. So when there's anything out of, out of the norm, it's recognized and, and acknowledged. So, mm -hmm. but I think that it's something that we have to consider. I think it's amazing. Yeah. Yes. It's my goal is to have everyone touch their tatas. So it's, yeah, it's just this importance of not so much. Uh, it's not a hunting game. You're not hunting and, and, 
digging and searching, you're exploring and memorizing and understanding the ebb and flow of your body and the texture of the breast and, and um, everything else that evolves around that. So has there been far more studies now with bioidentical hormone replacement and the onset of this dementia or Alzheimer's? Well, I think you'll find, yeah. yeah, there's, there's more and more research coming out, but I think that, you know, you have to um, read some of these studies with a grain of salt because you'll have some studies released that'll say, oh, it can increase your risk. But then another study will come out and say, well, no, it actually decreases your risk. And so, you know, part of reading these scientific journals is actually reading whether or not the information is valid and, and relatable to the general population. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we know is that, Overall, estrogen and bioidentical HRT is very helpful for brain health overall and cognition. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about that brain fog that happens in perimenopause and how that improves with the addition of estrogen and estrogen adding and and supplementing those neurons and what's happening in our brain chemistry, um, it only makes sense to me that it's a positive addition to prevent the decline of our cognition. Um, It is. It is. if you search long enough, you'll find research to, to go either way. I think on any issue, on any issue, but more, yeah. yeah, but more and more we're realizing that it can be very helpful in, in preventing that cognitive decline for a lot of women. And I think yeah. so. I think that it is a scary part of, um, geriatrics or, or the older generation, even for us, like what is the clues? What are the signs and symptoms? And we find that, or I even just find that, oh my goodness, I'm really slipping or what's going on, or does this mean this for the next 40 years before I, you know, I pass, then is this going to be the state of my mind? So it's always very interesting to understand like the different aspects. Is there enough fish oil? Am I eating brain healthy? Am I, what else can I do? And I do understand the importance of estrogen when it comes to brain health and, um, I don't think people understand truly the amount that the body relies from head to toe on estrogen to function, right? Yes. It's so important. Absolutely. And for men, it's the testosterone too. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and I I think that the other important part of that, um, you know, is just knowing your body, you know, and when you talk about, you know, women feeling their breast tissue and being comfortable with what their breast tissue should feel like. One of my common quotes that patients would tell me all the time, I would always tell them, get naked, look at, look at yourself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be awake and aware of your own body. I think that so many of us are on autopilot kind of going through our lives. We have this glorification of in America of being busy and being productive and proving our worth. But just the fact that we are here makes us worthy, right? Mm-hmm. So and, and one of the things that we have to do, which midlife kind of forces us to do as women, is we have to stop taking care of everyone else and focus our attention inward and focus on ourselves. Um, I like to give patients permission to be selfish at this point in their life, yeah. but it's absolutely not selfish at all. Mm-hmm. You know, it's if you can't be who you want to be to all the people you love in your life unless you take care of yourself first. Um, and part of doing that is is addressing medical issues as they arise, but also focusing on your nutrition, your rest, mm-hmm. your mindfulness, 
being aware of your body, being um, being knowledgeable about what works best for your body, what foods fuel your body, like what do you feel the best with, you know, yeah. um, and and not just going through day to day and going through the motions and going through those routines every day. We really need to find our best version of ourselves mm-hmm. because that's when we can really be like at our peak and 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 have our optimum health. And so, you know, so much so many of us, especially, we work our heart, whole lives to just get to retirement. And then at retirement, it's like, oh, finally I can relax. And that's when we need to not relax cognitively because we need to keep learning. We need to keep growing. Like life is a journey. It's not a destination, you know, and, and taking care of our health is, is part of that equation. We have to make sure that we, we really focus on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's so true. I, yeah. And I, I say this all the time. And if my husband was in the room, he'd say, well, you need to practice what you preach. <laughs> yeah. Because it's all, it, it's, we all want to do that and we want to live to our best ideals, but it's putting it into practice and, and making it a daily mm-hmm. practice mm-hmm. is the most important thing. I, I, I realize that I remind women often that this is the, you're in a sagehood and you're in this opportunity of, of wisdom and you're identifying for yourself and understanding yourself and, and really digging in deep for yourself, but the window is short sometimes. So we, you really yeah. do have to turn quick and take care and make sure your foundation's good and make sure that everything is your health and your movement and your mind and stress management because it turns quickly. I find that we're mm-hmm. in a sandwich sort of generation, kids out the door with aging parents. So it's this making sure you're good and making sure you have a a plan set for movement and for nutrition. And there is no perfect plan with nutrition. There is no, no No. right, right plate fits all per all people. So again, it does go back to what you're saying is understanding yourself, understanding Mm -hmm. what you, what drives you and gives you energy and helps you to become the best person that you can possibly be. And it is, again, I remind women, I'm like, this is your time. You need to take full initiative on taking care of yourself because if you've got parents, you'll want to be there for them and or grandchildren like I'm in the grandchild phase now so it's always like this opportunity to take care and hold but I'm just like oh there's so much to do so it's right. yeah so it's it's um it's a balancing act it, it really is a balancing is. act yeah but I think that we could we could all benefit from dialing it back slowing things down mm-hmm. and really kind of returning to basics right um you know, and that's, that's part of this and, and taking care of ourselves during this time too. I love you know? it. Yeah. I love it. So what is your, what is your passion project? What did, do you have a, something that you are very passionate about in this journey that you're on? Well, I think more than anything, you know, my, right now I balance my career and that I do um, still do hospital shifts practicing obstetrics and I do like emergency obstetrics. I'm a, I'm an OB hospitalist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I cover a labor and delivery ward and cover private practice docs and patients that come in. So I'm, I'm helping women start their families and seeing that part of the journey, but then also doing the to patient care in Winona. I'm also taking care of patients in midlife. And I'd probably say that one of the, my biggest purposes in my career is to empower women with knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that it's so very important for women and any patient for that matter, no matter what their gender to take ownership of their health, 
to take the reins. Like they are, they are in control. This is their body. This is their life. Like, I'm not here to, to tell you what to do or to, to preach to you what to do, but I'm here to guide you, mm-hmm. give you information, let you make educated decisions. It's, it, medicine is so much now has evolved into a shared decision-making process between physicians and providers and their patients. Um, and it's, you know, it's much different than the patriarchal medicine that was 40, 50 years ago, where you went to the doctor, he told you what to do. And it, it's very different now. We have a, we have um, a consumer driven society where patients want control and they come in having Googled things. Um, but then I, I have to then take that information that they read on some blog and help give them more valid resources and help them to find what they need, mm-hmm. but just helping educate them and, and, and empower them, I think is the most important thing. Um, I love and it's that. I love that. because yeah. in women's health, I can do that at every aspect and every, every age of a woman's life, we can reach them with that. It doesn't matter what you're going through, whether it's an infertility struggle or whether it's pregnancy stuff or GYN care or it's menopause care. We all can benefit from from the knowledge and empowerment to, to really navigate our own health. I love that. I think that is phenomenal. So is it just in the United States that you are you offer bioidenticals to and, and all states or are there well, restrictions right now- within the states? Yeah, right now we're expanding to more states, um, you know, whenever we can. Each state has their own laws as far as telemedicine. Ours is a what we consider to be an asynchronous telemedicine platform, meaning that you don't have to have a live video call like we're having now in order to reach a doctor. So we, when patients come onto our site, they have an online adaptive questionnaire. They put in their state and it'll let them know right away if we're in their state. Right now, I think we're in 30 states out of 50 and we're expanding all the time. Amazing. Um, I started with Winona in 2021. And at that point, we were only in three states. Um, and Dr. Mike Green is one of the founders of Winona. He also worked for the same company I worked as, a, as an OB hospitalist. And he reached out to me there and said, well, we really want to expand this company to Pennsylvania. And when he told me the the premise behind Winona and what the purpose was and what the goals were, I was very very interested because mm-hmm. I thought this is this is something that women need. You know, mm-hmm. there's just so many uh, like care deserts. You know, the areas of the of the country where women just don't yeah. have access, yeah. um, or they do have a gynecologist who's just not open to the even possibility of discussing treatment because they don't have the experience or the knowledge to be able to safely prescribe. Um, And so it's really, um, it's a gap in care that really needs to be addressed. And that's what we've done. And that's why we're expanding so much because there's a need for it everywhere. Um, And occasionally I'll have patients that start with me and we do the bioidentical HRT and they may have a doctor who says, oh, I don't want you on that. That's dangerous. You're going to get breast cancer. You're going to get this. They're going to get that. And then they watch how well their patients do. And their patients go back. And I've had patients come back to me and say, you've converted my doctor. And I'm like, well, I've never met your doctor. She's like, no, I went to my yearly checkup and told him how wonderful I feel. And he looked at the dosages. And now he's on board with learning and wanting. And so it's 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 not a, a negative thing to me when they come to me and they tell me, oh, their doctor's going to take over prescribing. I think it's great because not only are we reaching women and we're helping them get the care they need, but we're also helping to change the opinions and the minds of their providers who otherwise wouldn't have offered the patients this care. So right. like little by little, we're converting 
doctors out there that wouldn't mm-hmm. have been willing. It is an education thing, right? They were always fearing yeah. to not doing it. And there is a difference between bioidentical and then regular pharmaceutical HRT. There's a bit of a difference with there. And that's perhaps right. where the uh, problems may have come from. And it is about education and not only education for women, but education for doctors as well. And I love that you're expanding throughout um the country and i think it's incredible same as all sorts of different um aspects of medicine is sort of spreading out being available more readily available to people because mm-hmm. there's been such waitless um still after covid uh such waitless for testing and such waitless for whether it's mammograms or ultrasounds and or those types of things and people are trying to have access to the things that they want to use but it's getting there i love it I love that it is like people are wanting these and people are able to provide them. So I think it's incredible. Absolutely. I love it. So a word of wisdom. What is one word of wisdom out of everything that you've learned or not one word, a phrase of wisdom that you love sharing that really hits the point. I think you've already said it, but I'm the wisdom that you share most often that just touches your heart as part of your mission. One phrase just empower yourself with knowledge. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's the pervasive thing that kind of comes into every encounter I have with patients. Um, And so I think that's, that's very important. You know, it's just doing that, that work of empowering yourself with that and just learning as much as you can about your own body. Mm -hmm. So on the Monona website, is there resources to help women find more information and there's more information research and all the different things that you provide? We didn't get to talk about what testing you do. Yeah. So actually we don't do any testing. And that's one of the things that um, it's an important thing to talk about for women too. Really hormone testing isn't necessary to prove that you're perimenopausal or menopausal. That's that's kind of um, one of the things that a lot of physicians will will use as gatekeeping. Like we used to hold women hostage for birth control by getting them to come in to get their pap smears, <laughs> like which was ridiculous, right? Like we're not going to give you your birth control unless you come in and get a pap smear. Well, a lot of what women would also not get HRT because they'd go into their doctor. Their doctor said, well, I don't really know. They don't really feel comfortable. So they'd say, well, let me send you for hormone labs. Um, And so they would order a follicle stimulating hormone and maybe order some estrogen levels and then they'd get the levels back. But the problem is, is that these hormone levels can vary so much based on what you've had to eat, what time of the day it is, whether or not you had a good night's sleep the night before or not, and also what period of the month it is. Because even though you're going through the perimenopausal transition, you may still ovulate some months. You might still have a normal menstrual cycle one month and then the next month you might not. That's yeah. why our periods become so erratic as we go through this change too. Yeah. And so the, the hormone levels can vary so much that the information they provide is not as helpful as a symptom tracker, honestly. So I love that. That's- a good history and patient interview are so much more valuable to me when I'm trying to treat you for this mm-hmm. than hormone levels. It's not like an anemia where you're looking at an iron level and supplementing with it or a thyroid hormone where you're looking at a level and changing a medication. 
our female hormones are released in such a pulsatile fashion and they're so variable mm-hmm. that they're just not as useful to track the treatment or to guide us for dosage changes. So really, I, we, we have a, a questionnaire where patients can select their most common symptoms and they can also free text in some symptoms as well. Um, and I can look at that symptom list and know exactly what they're missing and what I need to supplement with. And then typically we use an algorithm based on their age and their BMI and what their symptom list is to come up with what we think would be a good starting dose. And then after a period of time, we just check in with the patients. And the nice thing about asynchronous telemedicine is if the patient's up with night sweats at 2 a.m. and it's on her mind, she can hop on her laptop or on her phone and get right on Winona and just message me. Mm-hmm. And although I might not get it then, although sometimes I am because I'm at the hospital waiting for a baby to deliver. <laughs> so, and then we, we can com- communicate with patients any, any hour of the day, as mm-hmm. soon as we're back on the computer, um, but they're not having to wait a week or two to get a, a you know, a physical appointment um, right. or even months, you know, um, and then we can discuss how they're feeling, you know. And sometimes it might be that they may need more time with the medications, but often we adjust dosage based on how their symptoms respond. Right. And And it's so important because, I mean, there's, to me, there's many reasons for the hot flashes in the middle of the night. It can be what you've eaten. It can be the amount of stress you've experienced that day. can be that dang glass of wine you had at supper, but it's just, it's just understanding and it is remembering to respond. It's remembering to write it down or, or as you would say, message, because one, we can't remember the next day anyways, what time it was, how fierce it was and uh, the parameters around it. So I love that you have this system set in place. I really appreciate that you use it from a a symptom, like a a tracker or a symptomology aspect rather than blood work, because you're right. Blood work changes on a dime. And it's, it's very interesting uh, in that perspective because one never really understands blood work, like whether it's urine, like blood or whether it's urine testing for hormones and it's ebbs and flows and it's expensive and, um, yeah. Well, and, and unfortunately, you know, because this is a, a gap in women's health, I, I, I see a lot of other places out there that are really charging women a lot of money, offering much more complicated hormone testing than is really necessary. That's not really useful. I mean, I've had patients come to us on Winona having spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on trying to feel better only to be right where they started. Um, And when they come on and they say, well, I have this test and that test and can I send you all my results? And I said, well, I'll be happy to look at it. But what's more important to me is what are you feeling? Like, how are you feeling? What symptoms are you having? Um, And you had asked about resources too. So if a patient's not sure and she just wants to educate herself, there's a lot of free resources on our website too. So the website is bywinona.com. It's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A.com. There are blog articles that both Dr. Green and I and some of our other physicians and providers have have written. Um, we also have monthly webinars that patients can, oh, can sign okay. up for. And we do live Q&A where like patients can type in questions about what they're experiencing. We have them for new prospective patients or even for online, like ongoing patients that are already established with us. Um, In fact, this month we're actually having um, a webinar all about um, compounding and the the benefits of compounding pharmaceuticals when it comes to hormone replacement and bioidenticals. And one of our chief pharmacists is going to be involved in that webinar with us as well. 
So there's awesome. a lot of resources that are that are free that are available for patients um, as well, even if they're not quite ready to like make the leap or actually seek treatment, but they just want to learn. They just want to learn like what is menopause? What is perimenopause? There's a lot of um, reading and education available on the website as well. I love that. I think that is so important and so valuable. So I'll be sure to put that in the notes. And when I'm sharing this on socials, uh, I'll be sure to add in those links and add in the date of the webinar. And I think that's incredible. Thank you so much. I can't, you, I I could talk to you for hours because not, it's just an exciting (laughs) lifestyle being part of the journey of like women and bringing children into, into the world and being part of this whole journey for women period. I just, love it. I love it. It it really is a gift. I mean, I, I always wanted to be a physician and I never really, um, hadn't focused on OBGYN until I got to my clinical rotations. And it just, one of those was one of those things that I naturally gravitated toward. Um, and I, myself and several people I knew had had so many negative experiences, going to like an OBGYN or having their first pelvic exam that, you know, it became a very personal mission of mine to change that for Mm -hmm, patients mm -hmm. and to really change that climate and make this a, a much more approachable, um, you know, aspect of, of their care. Um, yeah. I love it. I can think of a few other topics I would love to talk to you about, but that's for another day, perhaps. But I thank you so much, Dr. Kat, for joining me today, talking about Winona, talking about bioidenticals and and the journey for women to have empower themselves with knowledge, because they are not alone. There's resources out there. And it's all about empowering yourself and empowering the, the journey that you're on to be the best that you can be. Right. Living your best life, right? Like, one of the things we say is we want the second half of your life to be better than the first, oh, you know, amen to that. Why yes. you have to suffer. <laughs> uh, don't suffer unnecessarily when, when there's treatment available out there to help you with this. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and I will send you the link when it's published. And I thank you so much and it, be blessed on your journey, helping women all across the United States. Thank you so much, Dana. It was a pleasure talking with you. It was nice. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome.